Hi, and welcome to the first episode of Real Trail Talk. I'm Donovan D'Souza from The Long Ways Better. And I'm Mike Pybus from The Life of Pi. Uh, Donovan and I have come together to form Real Trail Talk just to get a discussion open about WA trails, trail topics, news, basically anything we want to discuss. Yeah, indulge our passion. Big thanks to Caitlin from Grid21 for designing our logo. And shout out to Shruti for the inspiration for the Real Trail Talk podcast name. We had quite a bit of discussion on that one and inadvertently came up with a, a name suggestion on a group hike. So thank you, Shruti. Okay, so I guess since this is our first episode, we should probably talk a bit about ourselves and yep. who we are and how we got into this whole hiking game. <laughs> yeah, so I'll let you go first, Donovan. Oh, thanks, Mark. You're the, you're the guru. <laughs> So I kind of guess I got into hiking just from when I was a kid, going down south a lot with my family. And we used to go down to Cary Valley and Albany, Denmark, Margaret River area, and used to spend a lot of our sort of spring holidays or summer holidays down there. And it was the creation of the Bibbleman track that really inspired me to want to hike when I did a little bit of the track near Pemberton, just across the lake from Cary Valley Resort. And that really inspired me to want to become a hiker. And when my year 12 leavers came up, I decided that instead of going to uh, Rottnest or something like that, what I really wanted to do was to walk a section of the track. And um, I ended up walking the Walpole to Denmark section of the track then. And that was you know, a big inspiration to keep hiking because it was just such a fantastic experience that I ended up doing more hiking the next year when we did uh, Brookton Highway to Kalamunda on the Bibbleman as well and I kind of fell out of the you know out of the practice of hiking and going out a lot and then I started again in 2012 when I started doing a lot more day walks around Perth and then that sort of you know went back onto the back burner and then in 2015, when the fires that uh, destroyed the Long Gully Bridge went through, I decided, no, I just, this is something that's really important because with climate change and the way things are going, there may not be these things to go to in the future. So that was what really ins- inspired myself and my wife, Alyssa, and I to go out and try to complete the Bibbleman track. And we're almost there. Hopefully, maybe by the time this is aired, we might be done. How many, how many days left? Two, two, two more days. days. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's that's kind of got us going. And then from there, we just have been doing, you know, doing day hikes and trying to do trails in other states and trying to, you know, next thing we've got is the Cape to Cape and Stirling Ridge. And that's kind of how it all kind of happened. Nice. I know a lot of people enjoy reading The Long Ways Better. <laughs> it is always the long way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for me, my hiking life began as it always does on google uh i was bored at work one day and i thought you know what i'm young i'm single i'll i want to do something so i looked up adventure holidays and came across world expeditions picked one that was in costa rica three weeks i thought perfect great i'll get myself in shape and ended up spending a fair amount of time in between kalamunda and mundaring just hiking up and down those hills all the time so that was back in 2008 and went over to Costa Rica, had a blast, um, came home and then kind of was out every now and then. And then it was 2014 before I really got into it. So I stopped playing football in the winter and you know, you've got all this spare time on your hands, you're not sore, you're not tired. So 
started hiking again i started up the life of pi as kind of a an everything website so i could share photography and reviews and whatnot and it ended up just being hiking related because there wasn't a whole lot out there in terms of what to expect on trails Mm. so i'd look at a trail and i'd see a couple of photos which were normally not great quality and then decide well i need to go see what that's like and then it just kind of evolved and evolved and evolved and here we are today like yeah out every weekend autumn to late spring sometimes in summer and it's just been yeah a blast of a journey and love hearing the feedback love seeing people out group hikes have been great it's just amazing to yeah meet like-minded people and just enjoy life yeah definitely it's 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 kind of funny we often go out and people say oh do you this is blogger the life of pi (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know that guy yeah (laughs) i had one of those uh, experiences uh i passed a a couple of girls on the billman he was anzac day yeah and then yeah got home later on and they're like posted on instagram like i'm pretty sure we had a live sighting of the life of pi it's just it's just weird being sort of like that yeah like yeah because I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert so having attention sort of on me is quite weird but you know hikers are generally very nice people so it's always you know, yeah friendly attention yeah so for our first episode we decided to focus on something that i think is dear to um both mark and i um and that is albany um a city in the in the great southern region and the oldest settlement or yes oldest european settlement correct <laughs> in western australia and i guess it's a bit of an expansion on an article that you wrote mark for the life of pi yes the uh why is why albany is a hiking paradise and yeah i just kind of got thinking about it having you know visited quite a bit as a kid and then later on with the life of pi trying to figure out which hikes to do there's just so much choice like you've got mountains you've got beaches you've got the rivers there's just a lot to like about albany that we kind of don't really get a whole lot in perth so yeah i think that's why it's a popular destination for uh yeah us hikers definitely at the start of the year we went to victoria tasmania and we went to the area of new south wales near canberra and the thing that i felt when we were there was just that there's so many excellent hiking locations that are not too far from there. And, and you know, just thinking about it, Sydney's got the Blue Mountains and they've got Royal National Park and Melbourne's got Wilson's Prom and the Otways and the Great Ocean Walk. Brisbane's got a lot of mountain ranges and rainforest. They've got Lamington National Park. Um, Canberra's got Namadji National Park, which is nearby, which is actually very similar to the Perth Hills in a lot of ways. But then they've got Kosciuszko and the Butterwangs, which are very different mountain ranges and Darwin... They've got Kakadu and Litchfield and, you know, Hobart's just in Tasmania and everything's excellent Perfect. and not, <laughs> and nothing's far. And then, you know, Perth has, has some really good stuff. You know, let's, well, I'll be fair. So, you know, I really enjoy some hikes in the Perth Hills, which we'll probably talk about in a later episode. But, you know, you compare Mount Cook to anything in the Stirling Range and... Yeah, it's, it's nice. But it's still well over an hour from Perth, and yeah, that's about it. There's yeah. a mountain you climb, which is whether or not it's a mountain is another discussion. But yeah, <laughs> yep. there's not much else to hold your interest in that area. But yeah, that's why Albany, I think, is kind of if that was Perth, everyone would be raving about 
how good the, yeah how good the area is and you know what natural features we have down there it's just yeah a matter of history that albany wasn't the predominant city when we first got settled here yeah you know talking about what you said about you know it's an hour from perth i did some google maps measurements yep. for how far things are and you know you've got the stirling ranges it's about 80 minutes from there but amazing amazing scenery and walking Prongrups is only 40 minutes yeah denmark with the sort of greens pool william bay national park area is only 45 minutes away and walpole valley of the giants is only 90 minutes away and then to the east they've got two people's bay only 40 minutes and that's not even getting into the things that are within albany it's like you know like bald head pig head yeah mount clarence yeah, yeah. Yeah, point possession as well. Yes. I mean, if you compare that to Perth, 45 minutes is, what, John Forrest National Park? Yeah. Ellisbrook, maybe? Yeah. Which are nice parks on their own, but you're not exactly in nature a whole lot. No. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, you can't really compare. Like, they're nice, yeah. but they're not Albany nice. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in Albany, is there any particular trail that you consider, like, as a as a must-do trail, you know, like that's... Uh, I always point people towards Bald Head, mainly because it is... It's 12.5Ks there and back, which is not eight hours, as it suggests on the uh, the <laughs> sign at the start. Yes. Uh, it was just a combination when I visited of just it really being a nice day and an unexpected trail. I think that kind of plays a big part into it as well. But as you you know traverse out on the flinders peninsula you're surrounded you've got king george sound to one side the southern ocean to two sides you're hiking up this kind of bare exposed limestone ridge and then every now and then you dip down and you get you know the power of the waves the rocks the granite and then you're just kind of immersed in it and now it's the middle of winter when i visited and it was perfect weather, although I would actually love to visit it when it was a bit wild and stormy just to see how that is. Yeah. And it's such a photogenic trail as well. Yeah, definitely. We visited in summer, which was a terrible idea. <laughs> it was searing hot out there. You know, you have no tree cover whatsoever. Yeah. But it still was absolutely, you know, fantastic. And I think a bit unexpected. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know that it existed until I saw it on your blog. You mm. know? It's, um, it's one of those places that I think is unfairly kept a bit quiet in a way. Yes. Um, because... I think when you look at sort of, oh, the best walks to, to do, it is sort of geared sometimes a bit more towards the the sort of casual tourist market and it's like a one-kilometer trail. But that was, you know, a seriously excellent trail that sh I really think should be up there in guides for walks around the country. Agreed. Um, and while we're on that subject, I mean, the top trail near Albany that you can do, Luke Penn, that was also a bit of a surprise for me. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd seen you'd done it on your blog. Um, yeah, and, and until you're out there, you don't kind of fully appreciate what a great trail it is. And I think I visited the perfect time in spring. There was hundreds of wildflowers out. I mean, you talk about range, not just the Sterling range, but yeah. you can go from you know walking on cliffs and granite faces to walking along a pristine river to being in the mountains to walking on beaches and sand. It's just, yeah, it's just something you don't really get 
here. Yeah. In Perth, the range is not quite there. It's very much, you know, like we, we recently did the Wongong Gorge walk through there and, you yeah. know, really fantastic. Um, but the scenery is kind of what do you expect of the yeah. of the Darling Scarp kind of area. Whereas I think in Albany, you're just always finding something that's unexpected and different. Like the fact that the Perongarups and the Sterling Range are quite close together, but are completely not at all alike. Yeah, exactly. Is, um, you know, a real treat for a bushwalker. And then, yeah, closer to town as well. I mean, I know they're still developing the trails around um, Mount Clarence, but that's something that you could easily walk from town from. Walk around, see King George Sound, Princess Harbour, and then, you know, if you're that way inclined, hop on a bike, do the downhill uh, section and yeah. make a good day of it. Yeah, for sure. I guess one of the questions I was going to ask you in relation to Albany is, is there any areas there that you feel that is at the moment maybe a bit underdeveloped, I suppose? Um, I think there could be some longer trails in there. I know definitely Tondirup National Park, and I apologize if I pronounce that incorrectly. Um, there could be, because it does basically from where the Billman enters kind of goes around and you could have a really long trail there that doesn't necessarily have to be all cliff walking you could go beach to cliffs to into the kind of scrappy forest that they have there and also i think around the sterling range as well i know it would be private property but through the canola fields i think if you could get a flat walk in there where you can appreciate the mountains from ground level um, and also taking in some of the farmlands which i don't think we do in WA quite that well it's either forests or it's nothing um (laughs) so yeah something around that that kind of range would be great um but yeah there's very little to really pick at when it comes to Albany yeah yeah what about you what would you like to see done I I think one of the things that I would like to see is a little bit more access to West Cape Howe because currently the walk trail for the Bibbleman goes over the, I think it's the Bruce Tarbotten uh, Memorial Track, and it goes across this high ridge. And then it leads to an area where it's, there could easily be a spur off the Bibbleman going to West Cape Howe, but it just points along a really sandy four-wheel drive track, which I think doesn't really scream, I want to walk it. You know, yeah. I, I might want to walk it one day, but it's just not inviting in that way and i feel like it is the southernmost point of the state and from what i've seen of photos it looks amazing but there is no trail out there and i guess kind of expanding on what you were saying mark the bibbleman could perhaps have some spurs maybe that kind of branched off that took you to those things because i feel sometimes in that sort of Denmark to albany section of the track it does sometimes kind of go oh look at that awesome um, peninsula or something out there mm. we're not going to take you to it though yeah and and i understand that from a trying to get someone from point a to point b maybe you don't want to divert them there but if you offered the spur trails and give people the option maybe that might open it up a bit yeah and i think going back to your your overland track trip yeah. um yeah having those options where you say do i want to hike up that mountain that's four k's onto my day you plan ahead so it's not like you're going to confuse people and say it's 20Ks from this hut to this hut. Oh, sorry, shelter, Gwen, shelter. <laughs> um, 
yeah, you say, you know, adding in this spur, it'll be an extra 4Ks and people will mentally prepare for that and go, yep, I want to see West Cape Howe or something else or maybe the gap in Albany and I'll, I'm prepared to walk that. So, I mean, we'll get on to a Bibbulmun podcast eventually, but I think there's, yeah, definitely room there for um, what you're suggesting. Yeah. I think that even if it's not a spur trail, one of the things that could possibly be an improvement, I guess, for anywhere in WA really is slightly longer trails. Because I guess what one of the things that really, in a lot of ways, what makes Bald Head such an excellent trail is that it's a decent length, scenery is amazing, and it's not going, oh, we'll, we'll hold back a bit there. It really is going all out and showing you something really quite spectacular, and it's really, I guess aiming squarely at a market for people like you and I who are you know really wanting to go out there and do a real hike mm. and I guess it comes down to how you perceive the hike afterwards so what I'm trying to get at here is with the gap and the natural bridge you drive into a car park you walk 100 meters you look at it go wow whereas bald head you takes the effort to get to the top of that hill and you're standing there out of breath going wow like <laughs> yeah yeah I really enjoy this and I think yeah, those kind of experiences, you don't get a whole lot of them because especially in WA, if something's really good, there's chances are there's a, a car park somewhere nearby or you can drive or walk quite easily to it. Yeah. Um, Les Murdy Falls being a good example. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just, yeah, it comes down to how hard you have to work for it. And if you're prepared to do that, then I think the reward should be there. Um, and we need more of those trails. Definitely. Because I guess, you know, on that same sort of note, if you look at the Stirling Range, the trails are not very long, a lot of them, but they are rewarding in terms of that, you know, especially the ones that are on Stirling Range Drive, where they're quite difficult to drive on because it's an unsealed road. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of tourists just want to do Bluff Knoll and that's it. But something like, like Talubalup, is that, that's how it's pronounced, <laughs> <laughs> is, you know, a very difficult hike. Yeah. I remember Alyssa crying at one point <laughs> because it was just so intensely, you know, that, that just doesn't hold back. It's just like straight yeah. up. Steep, steep, steep. <laughs> um, but then you get to the cave and you get to the, you know, the summit where there's like that huge sort of like almost like a dragon nest of, yeah. a, of a can. And it's just... Um, fantastic yeah and i definitely think i mean not that you could probably drive up there that'd be a bit of an effort but (laughs) if it didn't take as long and as much effort i think yeah you wouldn't appreciate it as much um or probably remember it a year or two down the track i mean i love just going back to my photos and just looking at them and just remembering how i felt in those moments definitely Um, yeah and i think albany has provided a lot more of those than a lot of the other towns or even Perth. I mean, a lot of the Perth yeah. hikes you just kind of so-so about and I know you've had this experience where you're just doing them because they're <laughs> there, not necessarily because they're fantastic. Yeah, shout out to the Channel 10 Tower. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think on the topic of the Stirling Range, I think a lot of people seem to talk about Bluff Knoll. You know, that's always on tourism websites. And I think Australian Geographic listed it as the as the top walk there. And it's a top trail as well. Yeah. But how do you... I think you've done all of them except for Magog of the of the day hikes and yeah. the same. How would you rate them as experiences? Bluff Knoll... I think deserves all the attention that it gets because mm. it is, it's still 6K. That's one of the longer ones out there. Yeah. And sort of being the highest point, it's not like you can just pick up a bag and say, I'm going to go do it, even though a lot of people do and sometimes get in trouble for it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I would actually rank it right up there. Even though it is a popular trail, I think mm. doing something like um, Toolbrunner, a part of the appeal of those is because a lot of people don't do them. Sure. And they're a little wilder. I mean, Toolbrunner especially, you've got those, the scree fields which you have to scramble up and, and it's a little dicey at the top. But Bluff Knoll's the same thing. I mean, it is a trail all the way to the summit, but it's still, if you get high winds or rain or whatever, it's not easy. No, no. And yeah, I remember having to have a uh, social media break halfway up Bluff Knoll just to uh, sit down and have a bit of a rest because it was, yeah, it was relentless. But yeah. unfortunately, I've never been up there when it's been clear. Really? Uh, I might have been when I was younger. I think my dad took the family up there, but I don't think I went all the way. But yeah, definitely the last last two times has not been clear. And then my last trip to the area, I was going to do it on one day and it was just bucketing down. So <laughs> Yeah, that's the problem with the Stirling Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, hopefully, maybe one day in a couple or a few weeks when we're doing the Stirling Ridge Walk, we'll get, get some, some pristine clear. photos. Yeah. yeah, I mean, hopefully we get that nice three-day window for that. Mm. I think for me, one of the things that I find with Bluff Knoll, and I find this with a lot of a lot of sort of class four mountain walks is that the relentlessness of the ascent is never broken up by scrambling. So I think sometimes what I liked about Toolburn Up is that because you can't really go much faster than slowly picking your way through a Toolburn Up unless you're, you know, amazing parkour kind of yeah. <laughs> skill level. And as a result, you you actually do have a moment to catch your breath as you're going, whereas Bluff Knoll, as you as you say, you know, you do need to just go. I need to stop now because yeah. I'm really struggling with this sort of relentless ascent. Mm. And I think that that's something that I look for in a walk that Tilburn Up has is that I really enjoy that sort of scrambly kind of of terrain because I think especially in WA, there's not a lot of it. No. And that was one of the things I enjoyed as well is like I'd read your post. I think there was one on someone had done for like the Seven West Travel Club. Oh, yeah. I think he may have been in his 40s and he said he almost died up there. Not literally, but... Yeah, I read that one. He, he like, like fell down. <laughs> yeah, and he scraped his hand. I was like, how bad can it be? And then I got there and I just looked up and I'm just like big smile on my face. And yeah, mountain goat mate, uh, mode engaged. I was scrambling yeah. up there. I loved it. But yeah, I did also have... Uh, clear weather the whole day that was I think 28 degrees the day I did it but it was yeah still amazing yeah and then when you get to the summit of course if you've got the winds sheltered as you're going up the scree field you all of a sudden hit the other direction and it just flies <laughs> straight at your face and you're like well I've got to turn right and then climb up you know what looks like an impossible pass but yeah it's actually quite fun definitely definitely when we say Albany, if you were in Perth, you would say, oh, yeah, Mount Cook's part of Perth and yep. Wally Younger's part of Perth. And, yep. You know, in that sense, I always kind of include Denmark in that as well because Denmark is sort of like the Fremantle to Albany. You yeah, know, that, that's of. fair. And I think there, again, you know, you've got such spectacular coastal scenery there in Greenspool and sections of the Bibbleman through there are as fantastic as as anywhere else really on the Bibbleman. Mm. Yeah, I'll have to defer to you on this one because the only hike I've done in Denmark is Mount Lindsay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, that section of the Bibbleman is still on the to-do list. And Mount Lindsay is a great walk as well. It is. Um, someone mentioned to me the other day that there is an eastern entry. 
there is an Easter entry. I'd be quite keen to go back and do that one. Apparently, the, uh, there's a bit of varied scenery on the other side that's quite worth it. There is. I believe that the area is called Little Mount Lindsay, and um, it's sort of more of a rock climbing area, and they kind of keep it a bit quiet, but yeah. we, might, <laughs> we might have opened that to a larger audience, perhaps. Yeah. Don't Google that. <laughs> <laughs> There is actually a great video on YouTube of, of, of Little Mel Lindsay. Yeah, I think you linked to that um, when you did your post. Yeah, and because I, I was disappointed. I got there, I was like, this is fantastic, but it looks nothing like yeah. the video. But yeah, it'd be something that I'd like to return to some someday. Mm. Definitely. So coming back to, to the Denmark area, yeah. where, where are your favorite places to go? Because I know, because Alyssa's parents live down there. Yes. So you guys spend quite a lot of time in the area. Yeah, I think um, last year we did maybe 20 trips down to, <laughs> down to the area. I really enjoy, there's a section of the Bibbulmun that, that goes up Mount Hallowell. And that's also the Sheila... Sheila Hill? Sheila Hill Memorial or something. Yeah. It's on the blog, so if, you, if, we, um, if we can't find the name, that, that would be the, the place. It really is amazing, because I think what I really like about that is that it's a nice granite hill. They say mount, but, you know, it's, it's yeah. WA. Yeah. But what's really amazing about it is that there's not, you know, you walk a lot of granite domes throughout the Bibbulmun track, but that's such a nice way to finish Walpole to Denmark, because... It's a granite dome that's filled with carry trees. And with granite having played such an important role in especially the Kalamunda to dwelling up section, and then again from Northcliffe to Walpole, where there's a lot of granite sort of mountains there, having that at the end, because that's the last time you see carry forests in the Bibbulmun, mm. is that bit. And it's quite tricky in some spots. Some of it is quite uneven. Both Alyssa and I fell over on Mount Hallowell, and our friend Didier also fell over on Mount Hallowell. So it's one of the um, the more dangerous yeah. <laughs> sort of bits of the Bibbulmun. But the scenery is just amazing on that on that walk, and even just the days before that, from Boat Harbour leading up to 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 Denmark, is really quite enjoyable in terms of just how fantastic the coast is and this and you know there's things like like William Bay that you know are going to be great but then there's things like Quorum Beach that are as excellent yeah as that and you know if you're heading further along because I guess Walpole is sort of again going a bit beyond Albany mm. but it's not that far and I think on Amazing Albany they actually put that as a thing to do because they're seeing Albany as a hub rather than just yeah. just within Albany and you've done sections near there, um, Mount Clare. Yes, uh, yeah, hiked out to Mount Clare and then did Deep River, which I'd never mm. heard before and is not really that well advertised. And then you've got the Nuts Wilderness Area. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how they say. Um, so that has there's Aldridge Cove that you hike out to. Yeah. Um, and again, there's maybe one website from 10 or so years ago that has any kind of description about that and that looks like an amazing area. So Definitely. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to explore. Yeah. And, you know, from the the more sort of touristy point of view, there's Valley of the Giants, which yeah. has the, the massive, massive trees there and the treetop walk. Exactly, which, yeah, while we're on the subject, it's great to see Depor or D-B-C-A. Yep. Yeah, Department of, was it? Bio... Bi biodiversity... Conservation. And attractions. Yes. Yeah. 
I, I always just think of them as calm, really. Yeah, they're, they're deep water. <laughs> I've got to go through my website and change it all now. Thanks, guys. Yeah, they, they really invest a lot of money in kind of those kind of big ticket tourist items, which is great because it gets people involved. So you've got Valley of the Giants. They've recently done The Gap and The Natural Bridge in Albany. And then moving on to the Prongerups, you've got that magnificent structure on top of Castle Rock. Yes. Um, the Granite Skywalk, which from all accounts before that was there was a rickety old ladder that <laughs> yes yeah it was quite dangerous so i mean it's nice to have those centerpieces that people can kind of experience firsthand i know the castle rock one probably isn't for everyone but to be able to get out into the forest or you know see the, the coastline as it is is kind of you know, a good stepping stone to getting people engaged in the environment and you know conservation and yeah, just interested, which is, I think, the big problem these days is just a lot of apathy and no yeah. one really, really cares. So let's go back to the Stirling Range. Yeah. Your favourite walk there. Have to be children up, I think. Um, just that, I think what was really great about Tilburn up, um, and I would say this for anyone who's going to Tasmania to do the Overland, is that if you want to get experience of how to tackle something like Cradle Mountain and Mount Ossa, go do Tilburn Up because it's as hard and as spectacular as some of those mountains are. And there's not a lot of things like that in WA because while you know, Talubalup has a similarly scrambly route up to the summit, Tilburn Up is that bit higher and it just keeps going and going and going. And that's, that's something that is really, I think, a really good skill to, to build on. And I think without that, it would have been a lot harder to take that leap into doing something like Cradle Mountain, which was very difficult in comparison to something like Bluff Knoll or Mount Cook or Castle Rock. Yeah, no, it definitely is an experience. And I think it's one of those things that you think is going to be a lot harder, but when you're up there, it's, you know, deep breath, I got this. It's yeah. not that difficult. And then when you get to the top, you're like, yeah, that was worth it. Like, I don't know why I had any anxiety about that yeah is that your favorite as well or not oh it's, it was certainly a great great hike for me but being 28 degrees and super sunny as a photographer i, I didn't really enjoy that <laughs> yeah. certainly the scree scree bit i did enjoy and obviously up at the summit was nice but yeah in terms of the actual hike i'd have to say yeah tilburn up is my favorite yeah but in terms of experience, I'd say Mount Hassel. Yeah. Just because it's divided up nicely. It's not just a scramble straight up to the top. Um, and it's also well positioned. That once you're at the top, you get views of Mount Trio, Tulburn up. And then if you look back east, you've got Bluff Knoll in the distance. And it's just, it was just a nice hike. Yeah, I would recommend that one as kind of a, a good, good hidden hike that not many people would visit. Yeah, I do agree. It's I think it's quite an underrated one, for sure. Mm, obviously, Tilburn up being the only Class 6 hike in the area, or Class 6 day hike in the area, kind of. Yeah. That's the big one. And I think a lot of people do bluff Knoll over Tilburn up just because there's a bit of stigma around, or am I able to do a Class 6? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I'll just go and do bluff Knoll. I felt that, to be honest, that there's that little bit of, of Mount Hassel where there's like a bit of a slope you have to kind of scramble up. I found that harder than some bits of Tilburn up. 
Yeah. And same with um, with Tell You Up. There was one bit where, because we did it in April when it was a bit rainy, and it was a bit scary at some points because we were <laughs> it was a bit slippery getting yeah. up there. And you've got, especially on um, Tell You Up, there's that, you get to the spy bit that's really impressive and then yeah. you're looking down and you can see straight down, you think you've got to go down into that valley and then back up. Now, if you slip, um, hugging the wall, you kind of you're in a bit of trouble there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely that section up top of Mount Hassel, I had to get my bearings a little bit before I decided to go Italia and <laughs> get up there. Um, yeah, I did not want to drop my camera down down the no. side of that mountain. <laughs> I guess going south from there, we could talk about progrups. I really enjoyed the the Nancy Peak circuit through there again i'll defer to you because when i went to do that it was pouring Terrible with rain <laughs> yeah. so i'll leave that one for i think i'm going to do that one in october awesome. just before our uh, sterling ridge walk I so think, i'll let you i think you'll love it i think it's one of the it's probably the best of the granite peak walks in the, the great southern the the fact that it's a nice loop and that it goes through several sort of granite domes is a big plus of a you know there there are other other walks that are that do a similar kind of thing but then they focus just on the one peak whereas this goes over several of them mm. and you've got Nancy Peak on one side and then you've got the Devil's Slide on the other side and you get to see across the across the valley to the other side as you're walking and it's just stunning because you don't get that in a lot of other granite peaks where they're just this one big thing and that's all you see or they're you know mostly covered in trees, whereas this is just a big exposed granite, and you you rise up very quickly, and then you're up above, and you're 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 up amongst the granite, looking at other peaks for a long time. Whereas while Castle Rock, I think that that moment when you get to the top of Castle Rock is spectacular. Yeah, there's a long walk up Carry Forest, which. Yeah, the uh, the switchbacks. Yes. Yeah, and maybe just uh, explain what you were talking about before, where you've got the Paronga ups, while they're the same sort of mountainy type terrain, why they're different to the Sterling Range. So the difference there, I guess, is that the Sterling Range is sedimentary rock that's been layered and it's got this nice banded quality about it, whereas the geology of Paronga ups is all granite. And it's sort of more bubbly shapes, so you get these nice sort of rounded sort of mountains as opposed to the sort of jagged mountains of the Stirling yeah. Range. On Castle Rock, there is Balancing Rock as well, which is yes. quite a, a favourite Instagram <laughs> scene for everyone that's you know, making the trek up there. Definitely. And also, yeah, especially with the Carry Forest, which, yeah, the Stirling Range can feel quite dry sometimes, even though it is quite a, you know, a damp area down in Albany. Whereas the prongrups definitely have that kind of wet carry feel to them. Definitely. I was reading about that, that it's because of the granite that it is like that, that the granite actually, all the runoff, because there's not actually enough rain for to support carry, but because there's so much runoff from the rock and that rounded kind of rock kind of mm. perfectly allows the water to roll down Yeah, is what gives it the, you know, the ability to support the, the trees. Yeah. So it's really fantastic. Um, so going back to the Bibbleman, you've obviously done that section. Yes, uh, I did did that in... That was the first bit of hiking I did with Alyssa. And we did that recently, again. <laughs> but should we, should we share the story of your first hike with Alyssa? I think the, the listeners would want to hear this one. Yeah. Um, so 
we were doing it in August, so I knew full well that we could basically rely on the huts. That, that we shelters. Would... Shelters. Shelters, <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. The fact is that most people don't hike in winter, and it's very wet and rainy that time of year in that part of the track. So I thought, it's fine. We don't need to have a tent. And I didn't have a tent as well, so, you know. Then... Alyssa said, no, <laughs> I want to make sure we have a tent because just in case I don't, I don't trust it. And I said, oh, you, you'll see it's, it's fine. So the tent that we had was an eight man tent. <laughs> not, not typically the uh, size you would take for two people. No. Um, and it weighed several kilos cause it wasn't a hiking tent. It was a camping tent <laughs> and took up most of my 90 liter backpack. I was walking with a wow. very heavy back, heavy, you know, classical, you know, old school trad hiking backpack back in the day. Did um, you by any chance weigh this backpack before you, you set off? <laughs> it was so for a four day hike. It was way in excess of 20 kilos. Wow. I'd say maybe 25, 26 <laughs> kilos. Mostly it was the tent. And then when we got to the huts, we didn't use the tent ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I had marks on my shoulders from having to carry this very, very heavy tent. Yeah. But you had fun still? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Alyssa also. I mean, just it was just a comedy of errors. Alyssa was unprepared for the weather. Uh, her raincoat was not waterproof and, and sufficient, so she had to walk in a garbage bag for the whole trip. She was wearing jeans as well, and, you know, the, the track was not well-maintained that particular year. So we were walking through wet scrub and just pants getting soaked through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, jeans are not, not one of my uh, <laughs> recommended materials for uh, hiking. Definitely not. As a few people have found out when I have commented on their hiking gear. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, obviously Albany, Southern Terminus. A lot yeah. of people have a lot of joy or a lot of trepidation, depending on if they're going north to south or south to north. But describe your your feelings coming into Albany, because um, obviously you've done done that section. And what what were you feeling on that last day? I felt, you know, even though it wasn't my last day, because my last day will randomly be in bailing up. Of all places, which is it's kind of nice in a way because it will be I'll be by m myself with Alyssa, and we'll have a quiet moment in the middle of nowhere, and it will be the end. Yep. And all the pubs that are in Bailing Up <laughs> that are not in Bailing Up. Not in Bailing <laughs> But even then, you know, when I was walking to the terminus when we did it did it recently at the start of the year, I did feel emotional. I did feel that feeling of you get to the end, and the sort of finality of it and how other people would feel when they get to that point and they they see it at the end mm. and because i guess when we when we did do that in in march i think it was it it is still you know we are very close to the end and it felt like we were getting there at that point and i could kind of feel that feeling of finality that you get when you just see that's it that's as far as i need to go yeah it's over yeah where was your preferred uh, pub or hotel in Albany? In Albany, I'd say Liberté is really fantastic. The cocktails are amazing and the food is fantastic. Yeah. And the other place you really need to go to is Gourmandise and Co. Fantastic French bakery. The escargot scrolls they have there are the best I've had ever. 
and the guy does a rotating menu of plat du jus. So what, whatever he feels like making that day is what he makes, and and it's always excellent. And those are the two things I'd say you must do. Oh, and also, Great Southern Whiskey Distillery. Yes. Yes. Uh, should be a, a good point at the moment to highlight that Don's previous life was as a food blogger, <laughs> so he does know what he's talking about. <laughs> and I have sampled his uh, Michelin star meals, and they are excellent. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Yeah, that was uh, that was Albany. I mean, a place we both love, and I know Don is perhaps maybe looking to move down to one day. Yes, the sort of long-term goal. Yeah, and no, it was definitely it's. If I win Lotto, I would would definitely have a house down there, and I have looked at uh, a place in the Prongrops just as oh, a yeah. an investment, maybe a hiking lodge. Yeah. But unfortunately, I don't have a spare 700,000 lying around. <laughs> Ain't that the problem? <laughs> yeah. Maybe we start a, uh, a Kickstarter for yeah. everyone listening. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back in a fortnight with episode two. Thank you.